From the beginning, we started Everyday Driver to help people find cars they will love. Commuting is a chore, but driving should be fun. If you like to drive, then there are cars where your budget, needs, and fun all intersect, and we want to help you find them. I'm Paul. I'm Todd, and this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. So welcome back, not only to you guys, but also to Paul, who has been traveling like crazy and has just gotten back. Yeah. We are here joining you again for another car debate. We've got a couple of cool ones tonight. We're actually kind of doing a themed episode. We're trying to do themed episodes. Maybe I'm going a bit far with it. But tonight is the European car scene and specifically related to German reliability. Why? Well, we just released our GTI piece. You may have noticed that. That was a recent fast blast. It was kind of an oddball fast blast. We don't, don't normally do new cars on that, but it seemed appropriate. Yeah, it did. It's, uh, you know, reading the comments and getting a lot of discussion, which is great. I always like yeah. generating this discussion, but yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and we just haven't had the chance to get that version of the GTI on camera, that stick shift performance pack. And we found one. Our friend Dixon has one. We found one. We thought we needed to do a piece on it. So we're glad we get that out there. And you guys are really talking about it a lot. And it relates to these two car debates tonight. We've got George from somewhere. I don't know where. <laughs> George writing in, uh, talking about maybe getting an old Volkswagen. So guess what? That relates. And also Daryl writing to us from Ontario. He's a father with three young kids. And he wants to try to figure out a fun car that solves that dilemma. So that is an interesting one. But you know what? You know what else I thought about, actually? Huh. What's that? I was thinking about, I, I was actually looking recently. Shout Engine does, a, and, and, and quick shout out to Shout Engine and Chris Hayes over there for being great to us and many others. But I was actually looking at our analytics recently and looking at the places around the world where people listen to this show. Yeah. And we have a growing contingent of people listening in Europe. Thank you. And an even bigger growing contingent in the UK. Yeah. So thank you so much. If you're in in anywhere in England, you're listening, there's actually a really kind of a surprisingly quickly growing group out there. So I'm going to say to you again, if you live in England, thank you very much and pass it on to friends. Granted, no matter where you live, I guess, pass it on to friends. But I think that's pretty cool. I was going to guess Antarctica, but I'm glad it's England. I'm glad we're growing over well, there and getting good following. You know that? You, you know, the, the, the penguins are surprisingly into podcasts. You'd, you'd be surprised. Uh, what else, do they, what else do they have to do? <laughs> yeah, okay, wow. Okay, anyway, moving on. <laughs> so, yeah, we got some air. podcasts to do tonight. <laughs> apparently, apparently. Well, speaking of England, I had the opportunity to travel to Goodwood, and I have decided that going westbound is far easier to get over the jet lag than going eastbound because I arrived and I was Ooh. just – plunged right into the madness of this and i you were thrown in yeah oh man you know i've read about this for a number of years and really excited about the opportunity to be able to go and if you uh had followed our twitter feed you would have known that i was there and yes. i was doing my best to break the thing uh but yes, uh, i'm seething with jealousy that you got <laughs> to go and i and i actually part of me wondered because because I, I will go ahead and kind of throw you under the bus for a minute and that is you're not a guy that tweets for us very much but when you get to a show and you get yourself yeah. excited i actually start to wonder if you've <laughs> taped the phone to your brain because it's just you see it and you tweet it and and kudos to you by the way because i almost felt like i was there i wasn't there and i'm still a little bit jealous but anyway well on. you were there in spirit and you know it was yes. out in the in the countryside so flew into heathrow and tried Travel south mm -hmm. a couple hours to uh, almost to the coast, and it's out in the countryside, and the Wi-Fi was terrible. I mean, it's the country, so it yeah. was actually yeah, yeah. hard to get tweets out, and and the network was slow because, of course, everybody's using it, and so it was uh, it was quite an accomplishment. I I felt pretty proud, and and uh, 
yeah, it was it was something else. I did my best to kind of give the flavor and and like I said, you were there in spirit, but you know we were there and and just absorbing this event. If you've probably yeah. heard of it, if you're you're listening to the podcast, so you're a car person, so you've probably heard of this thing. But this is like I keep telling people an excuse for the rich people of the world to get together and screw around with cars, and it's awesome. <laughs> It's well, that's that's the Monterey show here in the U.S. It is. It is. It's just sort of who's the coolest, fastest or has the most money and the end. And what's so interesting, I found out while I was there is Goodwood has now banned timing up the hill because auto manufacturers were using that as marketing collateral or material as benchmarking against their competitors. So they said, unbelievable. no more timing. So the only way to time is to have a GoPro in the car with the driver. Sure, Look sure. at the time code as you cross the start and finish line and then kind of figure yeah. out your lap time. Okay. Hmm. So therefore, that means it's even <laughs> – there's no awards. There's no bragging rights for time. It's just screw around with cars and the coolest We're stuff here, is there. Yeah. Here to do it. Yeah. Unbelievable. The amount of money. So I arrive. <laughs> oh, man. It's a city that has grown. If you don't know about Goodwood, it is Lord March, and his grandfather started this thing back in the early 1900s and decided that his driveway was a great little racetrack, starting at the street all the way up past the house. It takes cars less than 60 seconds. When the modifier modifier of your word is Lord anything, (laughs) and you get to have stuff on your estate, you're already operating at a financial level beyond most of us. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's... Unbelievable. So this estate is a historic estate. I honestly, I know very little about it, but I know it's been around a long time and it's, you know, sort of some little bit of British royalty there. And so they've gotten money and he was into cars. And so his grandson, who's now in his 60s, I think, has kept this Mm -hmm. tradition alive and invited pretty much all of his favorite people to come and have at it. And the course is lined with hay hay bales. And that's it. And so everybody shows up and you get to see all these cool cars. And so car manufacturers now have turned this into a little city. It's like the Burning yep. Man Festival equivalent yep. for cars. <laughs> and they put the down... The Burning Man <laughs> Festival. You are the first person in history to equate Goodwood Festival of Speed with the Burning Man Festival. That has never been done before. It may never be done again. I mean... That's awesome, by the way. Maybe they torch the sculpture at the end of the show. I don't know. I wasn't Perfect. there. That's exactly what I was thinking. They torched the sculpture out front of Lord March's house. <laughs> by the way, by the way, how insane is your world if you can say to people... Come race down my driveway, and that's interesting enough people come. You could race down my driveway, and no one would come. My, my son my son oh. on a bike with training wheels racing down the driveway is boring, and I love the little kid. Okay, so I'm sorry. Come race down my driveway. You've got to have one heck of a place for that to be a draw. Oh, my gosh. We, we were out to dinner on Saturday night, and I heard there were amazing fireworks. Of course, there's an, an invitation-only dinner for exhibitors and for drivers. For everything. Black yeah. tie dinner show up and you know people were saying these fireworks are the most amazing they've ever seen in their life. I'm going, okay, you people have money that I can't even <laughs> imagine. But all right, um, so this festival is just it's awesome. So the car manufacturers debut new models there, and their pavilions are three or four stories. Let me repeat mm. that they are full structures that must take two weeks to build and assemble because 
Many people will be in the structures. They've got cars on every level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ford was there with the new Focus RS. They were debuting the new Ford GT. Ken Block was there doing his Ken Block thing. Uh, Chris Harris was driving a Singer Porsche up the hill. Uh, I had the uh, honor yeah. and privilege of hanging out with the BAC Mono folks at their their booth. Yep. Yep. And it was really great. They they were so hospitable, and uh, they were you know sort of uh, you know roped off. So they they wanted to kind of be invitation only. But these cars are expensive, and the kind client the kind of clientele yeah. they're looking for is you know we love it, we aspire to it. But they started about one hundred and twenty thousand pounds, and mm. optioned up mm. to about one hundred and sixty thousand pounds. So that's a quarter million per car. It's pretty expensive. Yeah. For your single seater dedicated track car, by by the way, this oh, is not your man. this is not your take your girl out and go anywhere car. This is your I am just buying this to just drive hard on a track. I mean that talk about buying a toy. And don't get me wrong, if I had the means, I hate to quote Ferris Bueller, but if I had the means, I would pick one up. But seriously, yeah. this is just buying a toy. It was and it, congratulations because yeah. man, they're gorgeous. They're they're fantastic, and the the guys who run the show, Neil and Ian Briggs, they're great guys, and and Andrew as well. They're just fantastic people to be around and hang out with, and super fun and and nice, and uh, just you know interesting to have the kind of conversations that I did at the booth, and and yeah. I just found it kind of crazy that nobody else, no other car journalism outlets, were really calling them out because. You know, they were obsessed with, you know, whatever, that 800,000 sure. horsepower Aston Martin Vulcan race car doing burnouts at the start line or whatever. But <laughs> That comes with its own afterburners. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, I thought it was just such a cool thing. And, and um, yeah, like I said, a lot of fun to be there, privileged to, to hang out with those guys. So I was tweeting a lot about BAC Mono, and they're growing. Yeah. They're a 20-person company, but these cars are just That's fabulous. Amazing. So just all kinds of cars. It was just madness and just kind of being around the whole hubbub and well, what, you what know, you all this stuff. What you were telling me about the fact that they build the entire place. You know, it's not like they do. It's not like it's not like good. In spite of the fact that this is his estate, it's not like Lord March has a venue. He has no. land. He has land and an interesting driveway and a history. And yeah. everything else is being brought in. I mean, I, one of the things I mentioned to you that I've wondered about a lot is. What does the place look like when everybody leaves? I oh, mean, does yeah. anything even start to feel the least bit repaired? I mean, this is like throwing Woodstock. I mean, not quite that ridiculous, but it's like throwing Woodstock on your property every year. This is not going to heal real quickly. But oh, the fact gosh. that you were telling me three-story buildings that they're having to come in and build, they have to bring in Wi-Fi. I mean, this is yeah. building a city on somebody's property and then just showing off cars, just just burning petrol. That's the entire purpose of building yeah. the city. Burn petrol, go home. I mean, don't get me wrong. That kind of sounds like Shangri-La to me, but that's insane. I, I say if you ever have the chance, I, I want to go next year. I, I want you and I both to go. But if you ever have the chance, if you're listening, it's so much fun. It's so worth it. It's a, a, a trek to get back into the countryside there. So what most people do is they camp on the property. And it is rich to poor. It is tents on the ground to the biggest mm. race motorhomes you've mm. ever seen. But it's so great because you're just everybody's there for a single purpose, just to hang out and look and enjoy cars. It's just well, I fabulous. Think, I think about that in relation to in relation to the Monterey show. I mean, the Monterey mm -hmm. show, the roads all exist. 
The restaurants yeah. exist. Right. The hotels exist. It's a town. It's Carmel. They have Wi-Fi. I mean, this right. is not a place where you have to bring right. your infrastructure with you. This is not. This is the opposite of that. And just, yet it is the same vibe. And it astounds me that they even exist. I'm still jealous of you for going, but I'm glad you're back. Welcome back. While you were gone, by the way, <laughs> I did the exact opposite. <laughs> if you host. haven't watched our Twitter feed about this, while yeah, Paul's this at funny. Goodwood, I was on Miller Motorsports uh, Park track, which is a great venue, but I brought the least likely car possible. I got to drive Matt Farah's Million Mile Lexus. So I'm in. Here's the contrast. I'm by myself in a million mile Lexus from the 90s and Paul's in Goodwood. You've got to be kidding. But that video is coming. I'm looking forward to sharing. I'm looking that's forward what, to hearing the, your reactions in that. That was funny. It's the only time we've done something just one of us, but we had a rare opportunity to put one of us in that car. And since Paul was a good one, just how it worked out. But welcome back, man. I'm sorry you missed the million miler, but I think you had the better part of the deal. Well, I, yeah, it's it's kind of like you and I talked about. There might be various things where, you know, you're someplace, I'm someplace else. And just, mm -hmm. just depending on the opportunity, we've got to yeah, get in it. Yeah. It seemed like the million mile Lexus was just, it was only that one day and we had to take advantage literally of it. driving through. We, yep. we couldn't, yep. we couldn't choose. And so you said, well, I got to get this done. So I'm really glad you did. And you know, yeah. I, I think it'll be funny, and yeah, it'll be fun to to share that video with Matt it, too. It so. was a, it was a ridiculous adventure, and I'm looking forward <laughs> to sharing it. But it, but I but I just kept thinking about the not only the juxtaposition, but the irony that you're at Goodwood, and I <laughs> and I kept thinking, looking around this beat down Lexus and thinking, really, this is this is this is the way this happened. Oh, anyway, man. we should move on. You know, speaking of our recent uh, our upcoming content and our regular content, now we just this past week released our. Uh, our Mark 7 GTI film, and uh, that was Dixon's car, as I said before, performance pack, six-speed, I mean, it, and, and less than 3,000 miles, too. I mean, he's barely driven this thing. Mm -hmm. We're going to drive that hard. And what's yeah. interesting is the conversations it's, it's uh, started, and it brings up another thing. You know, you and I, when, when you watch our videos, we intercut the two of us talking, and sometimes it seems like a conversation. Right. Right. What you have to know is we don't script that. Yeah. We aren't having a scripted conversation. And what's interesting is I went on this diatribe in my interview talking about the elephant in the room, 60,000 miles or less to buy your VW. Meanwhile, you're talking about that on your interview. Unbeknownst to me, you're talking about it. And you're talking about it in relation to your friends that work at Volkswagen. I, I was amazed by that. As a matter of fact, I've got another short story to tell you that relates to George's car debate here because it, okay. it very much is – tied in and I want to keep the conversation going here. I'm already reading through comments about the film that we that we produced here on the GTI and I love mm -hmm. the conversation that everybody has this perception and I want to tell you about some additional perceptions about this car but here's George okay. asking about you know should I get into this you know a, a newer GTI with low miles. He's coming from an 03 Honda Civic it looks like here and he's debating this 08 R32 or a newer mm -hmm. GTI. And that's the discussion that I think this GTI film has covered and, and has yeah. spawned. So my friends are – I'm sitting around. you know, We're barbecuing out back at their house and I'm telling them about how Americans have this general perception of, yeah, VWs are great cars. They kind of are on the expensive side. They're quite nice inside. But after 60000 yeah. yeah, don't you know, get rid of it. And so my friends – my friend's wife, she works in Wolfsburg. And so she tells me this yeah. story that yeah. uh, about Toyota Camrys. Now, this is what she told me. 
I, I know nothing more than this, so I just relate the story. Sure. So it's, it's her perspective. Yeah, don't keep shoot going. the messenger here. Yeah, yeah. But she said there's a rear uh, backup test that you have to back a car straight into a pole to measure okay. bumper impact absorption and what does that do to the car. So they do it at various you know low speeds. But sure. she said, yeah, yeah. okay, so Toyota, the way they solve the problem and pass the test is they weld a pipe into the bumper that is, you know, horizontal and it lines up with the pole and therefore it <laughs> takes all the absorption, it takes the impact. So they just sort of weld this piece of metal in there to pass the test. That's how they solve the problem. Whereas VW engineers pull out their hair to re-engineer the entire bumper structure and how it relates to the car to absorb the impact. So no matter where you hit it, if you're slightly off center or to the left or the right, sure, sure. the whole car will absorb this. So they pull out their hair, they re-engineer the thing. They're they're bonkers about this and they're obsessed with it. And they it mm, then mm. it also passes the test, but at what cost? And so they obviously yeah, pass that yeah. cost along to us, the consumer. Of so course. therefore we're feeling that. And so therefore, you know, she said, Well, that's why they cost more. But you're getting a better piece of engineering, and they own a oh a 2011 Passat wagon with hmm. thousands hmm. of miles on it. They say it's perfectly reliable. They take it on the autobahn. They're just confused as to you know why do you debate like why would you even why would you not consider a high mileage VW? They're they're fine. But then here in the yeah, U.S., I, we run into this perception. So that's what George is asking. Hmm, mm -hmm. if for the same price, I could get a lower mileage car just. You know, kind of that, that comfort zone, uh, that's kind of where he's leaning. I can't blame him, honestly. I, yeah. I mean, they're both yeah, yeah. great well, cars, but I can't blame here's, him. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I mean, I, I think I think your friends, I think that's a fascinating story, and I'm not too surprised by it. But it can, you can't get past the fact that you don't have to go far. You don't have to go far in our comments on the GTI film. I mean, come on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go far for people to be telling, I hate to say it, I really do. People to be telling horror stories of, I've got less than 10,000 miles and here's everything that's going wrong with my Volkswagen. Yeah. I hate to hear those stories. It's I true. hate to hear them. I agree. And yet I, I run across them, unfortunately, kind of regularly. So mm -hmm. somewhere, somewhere a disconnect is happening. And, you know, I have no doubt, I have no doubt that the engineering on the German cars in general, because that's just kind of not only the German tradition, but it is a German reality. Yeah. There's a lot of engineering going on to German cars. And yet something about over that 60,000 mile barrier, and I'm talking mostly across the board. I think Porsche, if you look at the dependability studies we talked about before, Porsche is about the only one that really avoids it. Mercedes mm -hmm. somewhat. Mercedes, but yeah. generally those, those German automakers are in the bottom half of the list. Because once they get high mileage, I'll, I'll give you another one. Mini. Mini does not have mm. a reputation of being reliable cars. True. Both Mini and BMW, you can get your, you have your 50,000 mile, all parts, all everything, including maintenance and brake pads and oil and everything for the first 50,000 miles. But folks, somebody has done a cost comparison at, at BMW. <laughs> yeah. They would not offer that if that was going to lose them money. So clearly after 50,000 miles, they're getting out of that bag as well. Right, so right. The, the thing is, and, and, and there have been plenty of horror stories on the web about people buying used minis and then being money pits. Now we've driven some that have been perfectly reliable at very high mileage. Mm -hmm. What we drove a few years ago was perfectly reliable, but that's not their reputation. So there is something going on with most, not all German cars, but you know, I've actually got that dependability study in front of me here. And what I do find interesting is in the bottom half with Volkswagen, 
folks, is Subaru. And yet, generally, <laughs> but it's perception, generally, isn't it? Generally, among us, even you and I, we talk about the fact that Subarus. I mean, it's been my experience. Subarus are pretty much bulletproof. Yeah, so it's interesting yeah. that, in spite of that, you know, Subaru is not some rock star in reliability based on some of these studies. But yet, we hear fewer horror stories about Subarus than we do Volkswagens. And yet, when you get in a Volkswagen or you get in a Subaru back to back, the Volkswagen just feels nicer. It just oh, does. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So it's interesting how, how that happens. And, and you know, the Germans do a great job of presenting the car very well in the design and the precision and the, in, and the interiors. And, you know, there's a reason you and many others are German car snobs. It's interesting hearing my friend's wife. She essentially prepares presentations for Martin Winterkorn, the guy at VW. Mm. I mean, okay. she is involved. So it was interesting to hear all these politics and she was sharing these stories and you know, there's politics at any company, but it was really of intriguing course. to hear the, course, yeah. the German politics and where she's at and and so she was asking me, well, how can I mean, she was floored to hear this. I said, "Yeah, VWs don't really enjoy this great reputation that you're telling me. I believe you mm. and mm. I want to believe you so much more to tell everybody on the podcast Go buy a VW. They're awesome because of the engineering and what she tells me. She said they pull their hair sure. out. They're working so hard. Yeah, and so and she's asking me, sure. okay, so like, do you have any ideas? What can we do as Volkswagen <laughs> to change this perception in America? And I'm asking her, why is this perception there? If you're telling why me they're engineered, they're so great. I cannot deny the stories that we are reading on YouTube about mm -hmm. owners having mm -hmm. real problems with their cars saying, you know, white flag, I'm done yeah. with VW, I'm not buying another one, I've had too many problems. Yeah. I can't deny that either. I'm going, <laughs> so we're asking each other these questions, and both of us are scratching our heads going, really? That's A little bit stumped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Well, I, I so want to tie funny. this into, it's amazing, actually. I want to tie this into George's, uh, George's car debate a bit. I mean, he, what he's saying here is, 03 Honda Civic, he's yeah. had it for a decade, He's had it for a decade. He's been saving his money on the side. It sounds, he's not clear here, but it sounds like he's got around 20 grand to spend. And right, in the right. process of looking, he's found an 08 R32. So that's the V6 upgrade to the GTI, like the old Golf R, if you'll give me, if you'll give me that. So, oh wait, it's like the Golf R uh, before now. It was, the R, it was the R32, which had the V6 in it. Is that the Mark all -wheel VI drive. generation, 08? Uh I so it's prior. No, no, it'd be no, it'd be Mark Five. It'd be the end of the Mark Five Mark because five. the Mark they didn't Six make a Mark was the Six first R32. Golf R. That's right. That's right. It was the go first Golf R. So okay. it would be the end of the All Mark right. Five gen. Anyway, so so that's what he's talking about, and he wants it to be a daily driver, but he's kind of looking for his first fun car. And I want to say this to you, George. You've had a Honda Civic <laughs> for a decade. Talk about a car that kind of will run kind of no matter what, or as I say, say yeah. often, it kind of will run in spite of you. Right. You're talking about stepping to the other end of the spectrum, and German cars are thoroughbreds. They are cars that if something goes wrong, you better go get it fixed. Yep. So, you know, you, you, you need to, to figure out, is that you? Are you willing to embrace it? I, I personally wouldn't go R32 for you, George, because that engine is heavier. I don't know. You say you don't necessarily need the all-wheel drive. So if you were going to debate the the Volkswagens, I would actually say, see if you can go newer GTI. I would get out of the Mark V into the Mark VI generation, get a GTI if you were debating that. But I have three other thoughts for you, none of which are German. Interesting. I, I'm with Todd here, George, and 
again, I, I hate to say this, but I am kind of leaning towards a newer GTI as well because I cannot mm-hmm. deny the stories. I cannot say, well, you know, my friend Steffi, she, you know, she works there, you know, she works at VW in Wolfsburg along with everybody else in the town. You know, sure. I, I, I cannot deny that. I, I, and so I'll come back to what I said in the video, and that's what the stories that I know, if you are going to get a German car, as Todd is saying here, they're thoroughbreds, and it does come down to service. That Honda, mm-hmm. you've probably ignored the engine light or, you know, go past the oil change, <laughs> and you think, eh, yeah. it should be fine. Whatever. With a German car, actually don't ignore it. And it yeah. does require more money to keep them top quality serviced to give you the yeah. better reliability yeah. long yeah, term. Yeah, yeah. It just so that's the only thing she could suggest to kind of wrap up that story. That's about all she could think of is get your car serviced and keep it serviced so much better than you would regularly with, you know, like a Japanese car like that. Well and so, be proactive about it. I and, see that. And very proactive. You know, it's it's not the mileage, it's the maintenance. And so I have to agree. I think it's a f- I think it's that there's no question that's a factor. And with the way German cars are made, there's no question that's a yeah. real factor. I don't think it gets around the why are people having random issues. But I will also no, say this. I will also say it this. Doesn't. The Internet, every car has random issues. So, <laughs> right. George, whatever right. car you're going to decide, I would dig into the forum and chase the problems of that car. But I do have three I want to recommend. <laughs> Curious. I, uh, I think. Well, I, 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 I went away from German. If you're looking for a fun car, you want it to run, and you want it to be something that you can do the normal daily driver stuff with and still be fun, I think you've got to look at a Mazda Speed 3. Sure. Yeah, I I can see that. It will be fun. It will be reliable. It's going to have decent space. It will be a rocket ship compared to your Civic. But if we're going to talk Mazda Speed 3, there's two others. Focus ST. Yeah, yeah. Definitely drive that car. You could get a used one. And Fiesta ST. Yeah. Look for a used one of that. Yeah. You, I think you've got to drive those three cars, George. Drive a GTI if you haven't. And, and I also will say this. The other reason I think no R32 is because I want to get you into the Mark VI. It's a better version of the of the Volkswagen. Mm-hmm. So the Mark V to the Mark VI was a significant change in that car. So I say get it, get yourself into the Mark VI. And uh, and then if after you drive that, drive the Mazda Speed 3, the Focus ST, and the, and the Fiesta ST. And just have a real discussion with yourself about what power do I like, what feel do I like, what b- kind of body transition do I like. Because, of course, the Mazda Speed 3, welcome to torque steer. Fun, <laughs> but welcome to torque steer. Whereas yeah, the Fiesta exactly. ST, no torque steer, but it's going to feel quite a bit cheaper and quite a bit smaller. So where are you as a driver? Those are the cars I say go drive. George, I think those are great recommendations. And to all of you listening, I will say the longer Todd and I are in this business, the more we drive, the more I learn about things like I do from Steffi and and hearing all these stories. German cars are aspirational, and that includes entry-level cars like the GTI. It doesn't matter Mm. that it's not the 7 Series or the whatever from Audi. It's across the board. They're aspirational. That's why George wants, wants one here. I agree, but across the board... You've got to bring along a mindset of, I'm going to spend more on maintenance and upkeep than I have ever before in sure. my life sure. on a car. And that includes you be braced for it. the yeah, top, you, do. you know, you a 911 Turbo down to a GTI across the yeah. board. They're aspirational, great cars. Treat your car well. It will treat you well. But you're going to spend more money on the maintenance. And that was yeah. that was where we left the conversation. And, you know, we were at dessert that. at that point. We were barbecuing pineapple <laughs> and... 
It was really delicious, <laughs> by the way, as I recall. Germans will love yeah, to yeah. grill anything, but uh, by that point, we just decided service your car, keep it up, you know. And and I'm reading comments here in the YouTube thread, you know, ah, that's wrong, and on and on, but. You know, very debatable. I agree, but that's where yeah. we left things with our conversation. Well, and and as I can't, as argue. we always say, for everybody that says, you know, we talked about this on the RX-8 with its engine problems. For everybody that says, mm. "I've never had an issue," is the guy standing next to him going, "I have nothing but issues." Right. That's just the case, right? You know, and and I don't feel like that's the case of every car, even on the craziness of the internet. I think there are patterns, and the GTI has that pattern. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. the Mini has that pattern. And the RX-8 has that pattern. Those are three that consistently I hear both sides of the equation. Brief side note before we go into Daryl in Ontario. I will also say this. I don't know if you've discovered this, Paul. There are two types of car fans that I feel like are the most vicious. Okay. I hate to say it. And I mean online. Okay. All right. They they are the most, like, teeth-bared, ready to come at you for saying anything other than (laughs) positive things. And that's Volkswagen owners and BMW owners. Hmm. And, mm. you know, we've been on both sides of that equation. You and yeah. I individually and collectively have been on the we're heroes to the BMW and Volkswagen guys and we're villains. But I have in a general sense. And look, I'm painting with a broad brush. There's exceptions to every rule. I'm not saying every owner is this way. But the real fanboys of those two models, Volkswagen and BMW, I have seen more venom <laughs> From those folks, or more, or more rabid defense of those. I was going to say in defense than any, of than any model. other brands. I find it fascinating mm. when you because of course we're reading all the comments, yeah. And the guys that chime in on those, it's amazing the dedication to those brands. So maintenance notwithstanding, they're making cars that get people excited, and I have to acknowledge that, and that is not without its merit. Guys, if you like what you're hearing, help us out. Rate and review the podcast. That's something we always like to ask. And uh, just, mm-hmm. you know, helps us out. You know, lets us know uh, where we stand. We're working hard for you. And uh, yeah, looking out for you, obviously, with the stories that we collect and, and We're trying. Uh, the comments that we read. We really appreciate it. So rate and re- review the podcast because uh, it helps. And uh, speaking of a guy that's hoping to make it on the podcast, it is Daryl in yep. Ontario. Daryl. You're in luck. We're excited yeah, to talk about this. This is this is gonna Darryl, be fun. Yeah, Daryl's up in in Ontario. He's 33, married, has three kids, a six yeah, this year old, is, this a four is cool. year old, and 18 months. Daryl, you are busy. You are very busy. <laughs> and he has he has a truck for work, and he has a family 2013 Honda Odyssey. And we will acknowledge. Watch Mid Engines and Mountains, where we joke about the camera vehicle. Watch the YouTube channel where we did the review. <laughs> The Honda Odyssey is is the family van. There's <laughs> we can no turn question. This it's great into for just that. loving on the Honda Odyssey. And I admit, I was never a fan of them before. But after using that thing as a production vehicle, the doors alone, they are handy. Well, I mean, here's the thing. There's a reason. There's a reason that families love minivans. Yeah. I get it. I don't want one, but I do get it. There's a utilitarian aspect of that. That is just fantastic. So he's had that, and it's been great. And he's going, "All right, guys, seriously, need a fun car." <laughs> the couple so has had cubby about... hold, cub, cubby hold, cubbies, and <laughs> seriously, seriously, <laughs> drawers, and and, and, ev- like, and wow, everything. Everything was stain proof, and on and on and on it went. But it's anyway, great. so he's got about forty thousand dollars Canadian, and uh, he wants a four door, and he he's saying he likes German cars. Again, we're still in the German thing here, and he loves V8s, manual if he can get it. Automatic is fine, but he has to have, again, 
he's got three kids. He wants to be able to haul at least two of them around. And he gave us his short list. I think this is an interesting short list. I'm going to, I've actually got three things not on his list, but I want to hear about his list from you. He's got Mercedes Benz C63 AMG, the E90 BMW M3 that you love so much, Paul. Uh, I love the it. The Audi S4 or RS4, the Lexus IF. So previous gen IS Lexus, the ISF, and the Cadillac CTS V. Interesting group. As of this podcast, $40,000 Canadian dollars equals $31,588.67 U.S. currency. Welcome so, to the Internet. Uh, it's great. Uh, obviously, that will change. Uh, but yeah. I use that in my little search here, going plowing around the Internet Look for cars. Uh, Look at you. Okay. Daryl, I like your list. I will also just add what we've been talking about. About maintenance, you have come out of Honda's – well – you're a German car guy, um, you know, lots of VWs here. He had a Golf so R. He had a prior-gen Golf R, but it doesn't seem like he had it very long. It, but it's, I mean, Daryl is Honda guy and used lots to that. Lots of Hondas, And, yep. okay, I'm looking at the short list of the Germans, and the one that stands out is, as Todd said, the E90 BMW M3. That thing guzzles gas like you wouldn't believe and oh, yeah. good thing that you don't care about fuel economy. You would love that car. And so, yes, yes, all day long. If you haven't had a chance to drive that, it is a brilliant car. I know the new one is turbocharged and has more power and mm -hmm. blah. Mm -hmm. That car is just dynamically brilliant. And you cannot beat the sound. I'm sorry, but the V8, when you well, open it up, is And it really does a great job. Blah. It does a great job of being dual personality. That's the thing I yeah. like so much about yeah. that car. And it's a good size. You could get kids in the back. You Here's the thing. It, 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 it allows that kind of Superman identity thing where it's – Looks buttoned down and very classy and unassuming, granted, mm -hmm. to the non-car people of the world. It looks unassuming, and you can go places, and it's just a nice-looking sedan. Mm -hmm. But then if you get the opportunity to open it up, you're going to have a blast. I, I actually – that that M3 is my favorite on the list, too, but I want to run down his list quickly. C63 AMG and Lexus ISF are related on that list for me, and that is both of them have an engine that's a laugh on a chassis that's not good enough. I like the C63 – more than the Lexus IF, but uh, or ISF, but uh, in both cases, I just don't feel the balance that I do in that Beamer. And then, of course, S4 Audi, you're you're entering into you know a little bit of understeer world. Uh, the Cadillac CTSV is an oddball there. That's an interesting choice if you like that car, and that's one of those love it or hate it stylings. You like that car. Good engine. It's going to be more reliable. Well, that's not fair. It's going to be cheaper to maintain probably than the Germans. Reliability with the V, it's a it's a heavy-duty car, so you're still going to have some cost there. Daryl, this comment down here in your email saying, you know, other thought about buying a new car like a Mark 7 GTI, Focus ST, or WRX to avoid any surprises, that mm -hmm. kind of made me catch my thoughts, thinking that Interesting. reliability is kind of still important to you, just not having big maintenance bills and that kind of thing. And so I like what Tom sure. was talking about, this ISF here, but I'm going to change that up. It's related. And I went looking and I found them, a third generation Lexus IS350 F Sport. That is the current generation, 2013 to the sure. present day. That sure. F Sport, yes, it's not a manual, but both Todd and I were wowed by that car. Surprisingly As good a car. Driver's Surprisingly car. good car. It's yep. a docile, you know, it's, it's very... Honda-ish qualities in terms of reliable, get you around town, but then when you go past, 
you know, <laughs> suddenly 4,500, 5,000, 5,500, you're going, what? This car can do this? Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then take it on any of your favorite roads. So I thought ISF, yeah, I agree. Not the ISF, but the IS350 F-Sport. The I say one. Yeah, yes. the F-Sport. I could see that. Because I could see, you know, that's a great suggestion. That, it brings in that reliability that you. I mm -hmm. think you're kind of – you know, maybe I hear you on that. I think there's the a part of him of wondering mind. about that. Yeah. I love the E90. I love that for you. That is not my number one choice. That would be bonkers. Yes. But I, I think about this F Sport. It was awesome. We liked it actually better than that new uh, F33 series that we drove that had a wall mm -hmm. of power. F80. Noted. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. That's right. Um, but man, just overall, everything it could do, it was solid in every category, and so I'm just wondering the if you was at just, least go drive it. At least he should no, he should, it's not it's not an at least he should definitely go drive yeah. the car. I'm glad you thought of, I hadn't even thought of that. You're right. The thing about that thing that we talked about so much is it's just so well rounded. Yeah, it's not yeah. a car that comes up with a ten. I don't feel like in any category. But it's pulling so many sevens and eights, and then it's got that Lexus reliability behind it. Right. It's it's a surprising right. combination of skills that makes it better than you expect. That's an that's a great thought. I have two others okay. that I'm are curious. random that are kind of in the weeds, oddballs. You know what? You know what? Actually, I'm even going to throw a third in that is even weirder. I'll All do right. a third first. All right. Because you've had big cars, Daryl. Because you've had big family cars. If you have to stay that route. Look at a Porsche Cayenne. I don't think mm. that's right for you, but if you need, because I think you need a, a, a fun car. But if you end up having to go toward, I still need it to be big and blah 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 blah. If you end up in that world, look at a Cayenne. Although they've I got do the so, I, I will for family stuff, and, and he's got a truck. Hope, hopefully, Daryl, you don't have to go there. And that's why I, yeah. I, I almost hesitate to bring that up. But if you have to stay in that world, that's the one to look at. But my two that are oddballs. What about a Pontiac G8? Hmm. Could you get the new uh, Chevy SS, like find a used one for that price? Maybe. And that's the thing. That's the thing where I don't so know the Canadian market well enough. G8, if, if, go a little if, newer, if, you know? If you can go SS, yes, go SS. Why not? It's more, it's more modern technology. I much prefer the look of the G8. And there's no question you could find a G8 for that money. I mean, I, I can't think of a single reason why not. And then I'm going to throw out another one that you might be able to get new. Once you brought up new cars, the GTI, the Focus ST, and the WRX, I thought, wait a minute. Four doors, fun. Hmm. Hello, Daryl, why is the Mitsubishi Evo X not on this list? <laughs> yeah, that's not bad, actually. That's that's going to be bonkers. That's going to be exactly. You can you Nut can shove balls. your two car seats. You can shove your two car seats in the back. It is the opposite end of the car food chain from your Honda Odyssey. I think if you put the Honda Odyssey on one end of the chart, you'd have to put the Evo on the other. I mean, that's exactly what we're talking about. But it's still. Tell me I'm wrong. But it's still four seats. It's still four seats. Look, the trunk is abysmal. I'm telling you that right now. If you have kids, it's going to be an umbrella stroller, and you're done. Okay, the trunk's that's not awful. Bad. That's but, not bad. But actually. two kids in the back. You would laugh like crazy in stick shift or that uh, that uh, what do they call it the, the twin clutch uh, uh, whatever yeah. they call their twin clutch thing I forget their little acronym for it but anyway either way you would laugh driving that car and yet you can go hey honey sedan 
And you could, you might be able to pull off a new one. The last year of that car might be able to pull off a new one. I'm telling you, Evo X, man, you got to look. Honey, I'm going to go strap the kids in and go rearrange their faces now on a fun drive. No! Bring it. Bring that on. Bring that on. That could be fun. I like these suggestions. I mean, the the short list that he's naming, you know, definitely more towards the luxurious end, you know, but that Evo X would be, you would laugh every time. You'd look for excuses to go burn gas, Daryl. Honestly, you would. We did. I very much, I agree. I very much feel like if you're going to look at the Focus ST and the WRX, which are your kind of, if I go new, I'd look at these Mm -hmm. and the GTI. If you're going to go that route, I'm sorry, the Evo is about to go away. You could probably get a screaming deal. You've got to at least look. Telling you, we still have time to produce an Evo video that is an homage to all the Evos we've ever driven and say, if you've ever considered this, we're going to be, you know. <laughs> you just, you just want me to edit some sort of, you just want me to edit some sort of flutter cut version where it's just this rapid fire. Every totally. cut is like two frames and it's just this rapid fire of Evos for two and a half minutes and then totally. you know, we all fall over dead. Wouldn't Evo, you like to see that if you're listening? Wouldn't you like to see that too? I think it'd be hilarious. Anyway, let us know. <laughs> Thanks for writing in. We're thrilled that you're joining us. So as I said before, please rate and review because uh, that that helps helps us us. a lot. And uh, find us the Twitter feed as I talked about at the top of the the show here. Yes, when I get on a tear, I try to break the thing. But, you know. You do. You do. You go (laughs) silent for a while and then suddenly Twitter becomes your all-consuming thing. It's just photo and tweet and photo and tweet. And bravo (laughs) to you, man. It's fun because, you know, we want to include you in uh, in whatever we're doing, whether it's shows, upcoming, or whatever, you know, fun stuff that's going on. So uh, please write in with your own debate, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com. And for Fast Blast content, find us on Facebook. So that will help us differentiate their requests for that. So thank you. If you are looking for us, it is probably slash Everyday Driver. Wherever you're hanging out or looking for us, that's probably where we are. And remember, we are reading your comments. You put them on Facebook. You put them on Twitter. You send them to us here at Everyday Driver TV at Gmail. I promise you, one or both of us are reading your comments and your emails. Yep. Just because we didn't respond does not mean we did not see it. So, or, or conversely, just because you're trolling doesn't mean we haven't followed along. So anyway, <laughs> right. but, but we are reading them all. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast and for watching our videos. You guys are awesome. 